Good evening, dear saints. Praise the Lord. You can pursue him together in his word. So tonight we'll cover um, God's further training of Moses uh, in chapter 6 and a bit of chapter 7. But before we do that, uh, we're going to enjoy a hymn together. Uh, Etienne can just put the words up for us and then we can just sing along. Uh, but not just, we don't just want to sing along, oh Lord Jesus. We want to exercise our spirit. <laughs> May we be those who, who really touch him in the in these words and, and in the singing. So let's open our hearts to the Lord and, and enjoy him in this in this hymn. Son, the Father in thee, as the Spirit 
power oh you're the conqueror in hell's hour oh and you oh empower us with might over all terrain amen thou our hope and our redemption yeah. thou wilt change our old creation make of thee a duplication Thus thyself express. Amen. Amen. forever, Lord, into God we brought, and there, Lord, thine authority we share. Lord, Amen. what an honored place. Amen. Amen. Living water, food supply, Lord, thou thyself art. And this time, Lord, all our wants satisfy, Lord. Now we feast on thee. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, Lord, you're our joy. You're the I am. You are our joy, our peace, our glory, Amen. truth and grace. Oh, the rock. Lord, you're our life tree. Hallelujah. You're the building, the mountain, our sun and shield. We can never tell it all. Amen. Amen. Etienne, let's let's play this hymn again, and then we can enjoy all these riches of all that the Lord is to us. Amen.
you are our I am. Oh, precious name. How rich and full. Lord, you're all inclusive. And you're faithful. Amen. All we need, you are. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, you are our living water, our food supply. Thou thyself act and is thy Lord. All I want to satisfy, Lord, and now we feast on thee. Amen. 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 So, um, saints, tonight we're, we'll see something of this wonderful I am, of who the Lord is to us. So let's enjoy the verses together. We're going to read Exodus chapter 6. From verse 1 um, up till chapter 7, verse 7. Uh, Etienne, I think maybe you can still, we're not that many, but still break us up in, I think we can still be two groups. And then you can give us maybe uh, seven or eight minutes in a group. And then we can read through these verses. There's quite a few. So um, you can maybe break us up for... I think about seven minutes and then one minute for just closing. And then we can read through these verses. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that reading. I really enjoyed these verses with the saints in my group. So before um, we continue or, or I share something, uh, it would be very good if some of you could share something and uh, overflow Something of, if you had some opportunity to prepare, very good. Um, but even if you if you didn't have opportunity to pray, prepare something, like maybe just read through the verses and some of the footnotes, something impressed you, or maybe you even had an opportunity to look at a live study, it would still be good if some of you can overflow something. I, um, I feel that... We just realize, Lord, you have to equip us. It's not just very good. One or two brothers can speak for a long mm -hmm. time. They're mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. getting the word. But actually, we should all really endeavor to do our best to really get constituted with the word of the Lord so that we even have something within our being, that this word will become really solid within us. So... um Maybe you can take a bit of opportunity and share something, maybe a minute or two minutes. Uh, just share something of what you enjoyed in these verses. So, um, Saints, I believe you'll be able to unmute yourself and just share something. Yeah. Praise the Lord, Saints. During the day when I was reading, I really enjoyed verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 1, that says, the Lord, when he says he sent Aaron to be Moses prophet. And then when I checked the, the footnote, it was saying a prophet is somebody who speaks on behalf of someone. So we praise the Lord that unlike today's Christianity, we, we, are, we are the prophet of God. I was just reminded like when we are in the last day meeting or in any other meeting, when we are speaking the word of God, we are speaking for God and also we are speaking for God. We are not producing anything. We are say we are we are just speaking the word of God to the saints so that we can build up the body of Christ. Amen. 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 
Amen. Thanks. I enjoy in the study of Exodus. I enjoy to see that the training that Moses had to pass through, that the Lord, uh, that the Lord took him through this training. And the first training that we have to pass through is to uh, trust the word of assurance of God and speak to Him again and again. The second training was that he, we must learn um, that the children of Israel are in unbelief and that he should not expect to be um, receive a positive response mm -hmm. from them. And it's the same with us. When, when we go to speak to others, we, that, that is our experience. There's, no, there's not a positive uh, acceptance from their side. Uh, of the Lord Jesus. Every Moses was trained um, to learn the stubbornness of Pharaoh. And we also, Pharaoh represents Satan, so we also know the stubbornness of Satan. And the fourth hmm. was that Moses had to learn about his own natural concept. And, and he, he clinged to this, that his lips was uh, uncircumcised, and he always um, told the, uh, the Lord that uh, even the Israelites didn't listen to him because of his uncircumcised un lips. So how will um, Pharaoh listen to him? But uh, the Lord told him it's not about his, his speaking, it's about his doing. And Moses had to learn this. Um, he was put uh, through this training again and again. And then we all must see that um, there three, three negative things um, that we need to learn uh, that, that God's chosen people are full of unbelief. We need mm. to learn that the enemy is stubborn. And we need to learn that we are also natural, just as Moses was. Um, Moses did not have any experience. And due to this lack of experience, he had to undergo further training. And with us, it's exactly the same. The Lord just continuously come to Moses and give him the assurance of his word that he must believe that the word of, of, of the Lord is a word of care. And he wanted Moses to believe and to declare that the children of Israel were the best people on the earth and that they are a special treasure to him. And the Lord to us as the same one, we see also us as a special treasure. And God was trying to assure him, Moses that this people, this Israel, the people of Israel, is his chosen people. And in his eyes, they were excellent. And the Lord looked at us in the same way. The Lord don't want to hear any complaining about his chosen people. No, I, I see that uh, in the training of uh, Jehovah, uh, of the Lord for, for uh, Moses, he, he, he talked about that he is Jehovah, he is the existing God, 
and the fulfilling God, whereas uh, with the first uh, believers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he was uh, El Shaddai. He's the God, uh, the supplying God. And uh, they, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, experienced God as El Shaddai, but they did not experience him as Jehovah, for they died in faith without receiving the fulfillment of God's promise. And uh, here, uh, in, in this part, God came not to promise something to Moses, but to fulfill the promise he had made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And thus, he came not as El Shaddai, but as Jehovah, the one who is and who will fulfill all that he has promised. So I enjoyed, this is the footnote on uh, verse 3 of chapter 6. I really enjoyed this. Amen. I, I really um, find it significant that um, in the first portion of chapter 6, um, three times um, God says, I am Jehovah. Mm. It's like he's emphasizing to, to Moses that he is the I am. And if you go through those footnotes, um, it's very sweet to see who this I am is to the children of Israel. It's like Jehovah came in to reconfirm his name and his covenant. Mm -hmm. He also gave Moses further training concerning the six matters. Anyway, it's quite um, a longish footnote, but something that's really sweet about his name in Exodus 6, 3, footnote 2, as El, Shad as El Shaddai, God is the supplying God and the promising God. As Jehovah, he is the existing God and the fulfilling God. Abram, Isaac, and Jacob experienced God as El Shaddai, but they did not experience him as Jehovah, for they died in faith without receiving the fulfillment of God's promise. Anyway, I just love how, how this chapter, the beginning, it just emphasizes the name of Jehovah. Amen. Amen. Um, I am impressed um, to see in verse 1 of chapter 7, where Jehovah says to Moses, um, I have made you God to Pharaoh. That's a big thing. That's a big statement that Jehovah says to a mere human being that I have made you God over another human being and um, it's a reminder that whenever God sends someone out he, he will never ask you to do something without him backing you up but because Moses was a human being he kept on being resistant and reluctant to um, do what Jehovah was asking him to do, that he goes to Pharaoh and asks Pharaoh to release the Israelites. He, he was reluctant, and I think he was also afraid. Pharaoh was a king. Moses was just a human being. And, he, you know, he had never done any work for Jehovah before this. So... I, 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 
I'm touched by seeing that, you know, God, whenever he uses us, he will never um, give you a task without giving you his support. He further goes on to say, not only that he will make Moses God to Pharaoh, but also Aaron, Moses's brother, will be um, Moses's prophet. So um, it's 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 very enlightening and it's it's very humbling to see that the Lord um, doesn't just um, do things haphazardly. The Lord is um, a God who has order, who, 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 he knew. I, I, I don't, I don't remember, but I, when I was reading, I came across a footnote saying, Moses and Aaron, God knew way before they were born that they were going to do what God was asking them to do. So I was very, very uh, impressed with the statement that Jehovah was saying he would make Moses God to Pharaoh. And also Aaron would be there to be Moses's prophet. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I also uh, take note that uh, God uh, emphasized his, uh, what he would do to the children of Israel, uh, to Moses. That is in verses 6, um, I think up to 8, because it says, I'll bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptian, and I'll deliver you from their bondage, and I'll redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. And I will take you to myself as my people. And I'll be your God. And you shall know that I am Jehovah, your God. No, oh, amen. So God was actually telling Moses what he would do. And then also in verse 6, in verse 7, saying that then after all of that God would do, then Moses would definitely know that he, he, is, he is his God. Yes, we also find such situations in our life as members of the body. It would be nice, yeah. Find such situations where we definitely know that God is God. Actually, that is where we are in the body. We know that uh, our we, Jesus is our Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, saints. Um, I think right in, in verse 1, it says the mighty hand of, uh, of God. I, 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 I was thinking that um, sometimes we underestimate um, that God's promise um, is, is manifested through this, this mighty hand, just um, how much uh, uh, the devil wants to keep us in Egypt. Mm. It, it takes the mighty hand of God uh, for, for, for us to, to, to be 
um, saved from uh, from the from the grip of the evil one. I, mm. I was really impressed uh, to see that that is how much God cares uh, for for the children of Israel. That He stretches out His mighty hand. Praise the Lord. Mm. Amen. Mm. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, saints, I don't know if there's someone else that would like to share something, but maybe um, I can share a bit and then uh, we can have some more overflow afterwards. There'll be some time still. Um, Brother Hector and Brother John are both traveling at the moment, so they're not able to be with us tonight. So um, I will share, and then hopefully uh, there'll be some time still for you to overflow. So uh, I, I I really appreciate all of your sharing, and um, I I I I I feel like this chapter is very uh, in 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 some way it's it's very experiential also to me because if I were Moses. I would have probably had exactly the reaction he had in this chapter. Um, at the end of chapter five, this is the, the Lord. He calls Moses. He tells him he has to go. Moses says to the Lord, no, send someone else. I don't want to go. I'm not the right person. You need to send someone else. And eventually, um, well, eventually uh, Moses is um, persuaded by the Lord and he goes. But but then, uh, as he confronts Pharaoh, it's it's not at all what I I I I'm sure he expected to happen. God called him. He's going. He's he's now uh, convinced. Well, this is you know the Jehovah is speaking to him. He has to go. So he confronts Pharaoh. He confronts the children of Israel, and Pharaoh's response is just. Who's Jehovah? Why why are you speaking these things? And then he just increases the burden of the children of Israel. So Pharaoh is victorious. Uh, the children of Israel are, are under their, their their situation is even even going getting worse. They're under greater oppression now. And 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 where's Moses? Well, he he doesn't know what to do now, right? In, in verse 22 of chapter 5, he says, that Then Moses went back to Jehovah and said, Lord, why have you mistreated this people? Why is it that you have sent me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has mistreated this people and you have not delivered your people at all. So in this portion, what we see is a further training that Moses needed. So in chapter 6, the first thing that we want to see is that, is that the Lord presents himself to Moses as Jehovah. This is very significant. He says that, I have appeared in verse 3. Well, let me read verse 2. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am Jehovah. And in verse 3, And I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as the all-sufficient God. But by my name, Jehovah, I did not make myself known to them. Now, some of you have shared on this. 
I just like to just emphasize some of the points that you shared. But this this is very significant. It seems kind of contradictory because in Genesis, when you read Genesis, you realize that he did appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as Jehovah. But what does Jehovah mean? Jehovah means the I am. It means God is ever existing, he's self-existing, and he is the the one who fulfills his covenant, his promise. He is the God of fulfillment. When God appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, he made himself known as El Shaddai. That's this uh, um, footnote on, on the all-sufficient God, right? It means the, 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 the mighty one with an other. So with with like the ability to 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 care, with the ability to to be supplying, to meet all our needs. And so Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he, they knew God as this one. But to know God as I am means to know God as the God of fulfillment. But what Abraham experienced God as is the God who promised. And then even in God's promising to Abraham, he said to them, Abraham, the children of Israel, your, your seed will go into bondage for 400 years, and then I will bring them out, and I'll bring them into the good land. That is right now. Moses is about 80 years old. Now is the time that they will get to know God as Jehovah. So it's not that they didn't know the name Jehovah, and this is the this is the point here. They knew the name Jehovah, so they knew God as this 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 name Jehovah, but they had no experience of Him as Jehovah. And even Moses, he knows he knows Jehovah has sent him. I am, I am. Tell them I am has sent you. And then Pharaoh says, "Who is I am?" But but Moses now needs to get to experience him as this one. Now it's not just a matter of knowing about him. How many people on this earth do you think have heard about the name Jesus? I doubt that there's many that haven't heard about this name. Maybe there are some, but but there are, I don't know how many billions of people who know the name Jesus. But you know what Jesus means? Jesus means Jehovah the Savior. And and I, I I was fellowshipping with some brothers last night, and a brother shared his testimony with us, and he said, "You know what? I've been in in denominations for years, and I'm, you know, this is like I think decades. He grew up in a denomination. His parents read the Bible every night. They had to sit around the table read the Bible prayer, but he was unsaved." So he knew about Jesus. He's heard from about Jesus from the time that he was born. But he didn't know Jesus as his savior. So he had the he had the name, but he didn't have the experience of Jehovah the Savior, of this one saving him. And then when he got saved, his whole world turned upside down. Then this Jesus became so real, so lovable, so such an experiential person to him. This name doesn't just denote, it denotes the person. It doesn't just denote something, it denotes the very being. 
So when God, when Jehovah comes to Moses, Moses is in this conflict. Pharaoh is, he doesn't care for Jehovah. The children of Israel are under greater bondage. Moses is discouraged. He doesn't know what to do. And then God comes to him and he says to him, I am. I am. They have not known me by my name. I am. So now he wants Moses to know him as the one who exists without origin. This one, it means to be. This It means I am means to be. It's the verb to be. He doesn't have any, any beginning. He has no end. So whatever he promised, he will accomplish. What I promise, well, if I pass away, I'm not able to fulfill my promise. But since Jehovah is the ever-existing one, even though he made this covenant with Abraham 400 years ago, he is still there. It's not like Jehovah has disappeared. And because God is still with them, he is the one who can fulfill this covenant, this promise that he has made to Abraham. So now Moses is not in the age of promise, but he's in the age of fulfillment. He is in the age that God is going to fulfill what he promised to Abraham he was going to do. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, I really hope that we would have a heart to know God as the God of fulfillment, as the God who is the all, uh, the, the ever existing one who will fulfill what he promised that he will do. Sometimes in the church life, maybe because of the environment or because of our situation, we become discouraged. We feel, Lord, you say that you will build your church. You know, before I came into the church life, I uh, a brother, he, he, he came to visit me. He went to a meeting of the, the church. And he said to me, brother, I found the church. At that time, I was still in a meeting at a free group or something. And I just looked at him and was thinking, what do you mean? That doesn't exist. There's no such thing. There's no such thing on the earth. I was just, that, that, that cannot, I've, I've never seen, how do you, what do you mean you've, you found the church? But dear brothers, the Lord wants to recover the church. He has to recover the church. The church is his bride. It's what he's coming back for. So, so he he said in Matthew uh, chapter 16, he said, I will build my church. That is God's promise. And, and he didn't just say that, okay, now, now let's see what happens. This is not just a man, but this is God. This is Jehovah. We need to get to know Jehovah as the one of fulfillment. Uh, I was reading a brother was saying he was called by the Lord to serve the Lord full time. And he had some, he, he read the Bible that God is the one who supplies all his needs, that God is the one who can provide for everything. But he, he didn't have the experience. Can God really fulfill what he says he will do? He says he will take care of my needs. But can he really fulfill that promise? 
And then one night he had a struggle with the Lord. And the Lord told him, you told me that you were going to serve me. And then he said, but Lord, now I have the wife and children. Who's going to take care of them? How am I going to do this? Then the Lord said to him, well, I am here now. Will you do, will you choose me or not? And then he just said in tears, he just chose the Lord that evening. And he knew in his being that matter was settled. Dear brothers and sisters, it's one thing to know God as the all-sufficient one whom Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew, who was promised, who made, who made a covenant even with Abraham. But it's another thing for us to get to know the God of fulfillment who will actually bring us out of Egypt and into the good land that he has promised to us. Oh, may we endeavor to even be before the Lord. Lord, you have to, to train me. I'm, I'm like Moses. Well, I've, you've appeared to me in chapter 3 and 4, and I've been called, praise the Lord. I'm going to Pharaoh. I'm leaving the world. I'm, you're sending me. And then we, we, we find that our experience is still a bit short. And I've experienced the first thing we need to experience is God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to experience God as the I am. And not only is he Jehovah, the I am, but then in verse 4 it says, and I also established my covenant with him. Covenant is not just a promise, but it's a promise with an oath. And then God even gave Abraham a token of circumcision to make it even firmer. A, a, an oath is like uh, Abraham telling the, the king of Sodom, I will take, I, I, I said, I'll take none of your positions. I, I, I raised my hands and I said, I will protect no, none of your positions. That's that raising up of our hands is like an oath. But when the Lord Jesus was on the earth, you know what? He made that oath by his whole being being lifted on the cross. And then not only did his whole being lift, get lifted on the cross, but after death and resurrection, he ascended. Now he's in the heavens. He's in the he's sitting at the right hand of God, showing us that it's not just a promise, but it is a covenant now. Now, God is not just the God who will promise us. Dear saints, we need to know the God who is not just promising us, who doesn't just tell us to follow him and take his way, the way that he has ordained according to his word, the way that he wants to recover among us, to have the proper church life. This is not just something that, that we hold on to as a promise from God, but this is a covenant that was that was even, even when God made this covenant with Abraham, he slew those animals, right? I don't know if you remember that time. But then, not only did, you know, that was a type, but in the New Testament, the very blood of Christ was shed as this covenant made firm by God that he will do what he has promised that he will do. So, dear brothers and sisters, may we all get to know this one who is who is the one of fulfillment, who will carry out his purpose and fulfill his covenant that he has made to us. Okay, and then now there's there's even some further matters that we see in, in Jehovah, God's further training of Moses. In chapter 4, we saw that God's calling of Moses is the most complete picture of a called one in the whole Bible. This is God's calling of Moses was very, very complete all the signs that he gave him. And, but 
we might feel at that time that his training was complete. Well, in a sense, his training was complete. I feel like this is kind of a word to those who, who go to the full-time training. But even some of us who just have a heart to be trained, to just go on with the Lord. We're just before the Lord and we want to grow in life. We want to, however the Lord would arrange our environment to train us, to become useful to him so that we can be sent by him. Well, it's good that we go through some training, but what Moses lacked was the experience. And so sometimes we go through these experiences where we just feel, Lord, you are the one who initiated this. I didn't start this. But now look at the outcome. Look at my circumstances. You initiated this thing. And now the outcome is, well, Pharaoh doesn't listen to me. The children of Israel doesn't listen to me. And they're in, in greater difficulty. So now the Lord appears to Moses again. And in, and in well, in, in total, there's six, there's six items that the Lord uses to train Moses further. The Lord... In his sovereignty, he would allow these kind of environments to happen so that he can train us. After this, after this, this, this training of Moses at, in chapter 7, verse 7, Moses' training is complete. Praise the Lord. So, so we need a further training. That means we need some experience of, of, of who the Lord is. So, so the Lord trains Moses in 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 who he is, I am Jehovah. I've made a covenant with Abraham. In other words, this is with an oath, even with a token. This is not just this is not just the promise, but this is now being fulfilled. And then he trains Moses by assuring him by his word. Again and again, the Lord comes to Moses in these verses to assure him, Moses, this is I am, I am, I'm, I want to assure you. About, about who I am, I want to assure you, and this is very much assured by, by God's word to us. Then Moses, he also needs to be trained to see, to see the disobedience of the children of Israel, to see that they, well, uh, sorry, the unbelief. The, the, the children of Israel, our view of them, like uh, some of you have shared, might be, ah, these are the most terrible people. But the Lord has to train Moses to have the proper view of them, even though they are <laughs> they don't believe him. They don't they don't believe that Jehovah's going to do anything for them. Then he has to see he has to see Pharaoh. He has to see that this stubborn one will not just just say, "Well, oh, of course, Moses, uh, please go ahead." We need to see that Pharaoh is stubborn. And he will not let the people of God go. Then we need to see also our natural being. What is, what is really within us? And then the last two positive matters, after we see our natural being of uncircumcised lips, we need to see that God has commissioned us and we need to see his mighty hand. So I'll just share some things related to these. Um, while I shared already about the first two points, these other six points of Moses' further training, To really become useful to the Lord. Okay, so the first one is this matter of God's 
um, uh, uh, reassuring Moses through his speaking. So uh, in verse 1, the Lord tells, tells Moses, and Jehovah said to Moses, now you will see that I will do to Pharaoh what I will do to Pharaoh. For because of a mighty hand, he will let them go. And because of a mighty hand, he will drive them out of the of the land of out of his land. Then he then he uh, speaks to him about uh, being Jehovah and the covenant. I've heard their groanings. And then in verse six, therefore say to the children of Israel, I am Jehovah, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will deliver you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an ostrich arm and with great acts of judgment. So, so through God speaking to us, he reassures Moses. He assures him, Moses, you're not just doing this because, you know, or you, yes, you are facing opposition, but do not be discouraged. Yes, Pharaoh is resisting you. Yes, the children of Israel have unbelief. But Moses... You need to take heed to my word. I feel like this is even a word for us today. Lord Jesus, we need to take heed to your word. You say you will build your church. All kinds of opposition. Outside, from outside, from, from those among us, from the saints. from And even in our very own being, we just feel, Lord, my being is so full of trouble. There's no way I can... I can be part of this building, Lord. I'm, I'm a great hindrance. Well, we have to learn to, to, to take heed to God speaking, to his assuring word. So God gives Moses this assuring word in verse 7. I will take to you to myself as my people. There's these people who are unbelieving, they don't want to listen to your word, Moses. I'm going to take them to be my people. And I will be your God, and you shall know that I am Jehovah your God, that I am the one of fulfillment, the one who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will even eventually, he even says to Moses uh, in chapter 7, Pharaoh will not listen to you, and I will lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth my armies. Even the children of Israel, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. So God is coming to Moses and he, re he reassures him by this speaking, by this continual reassuring speaking. God is just assuring Moses, Moses, you have to take heed to my word. Don't pay that much attention to your environment. Don't pay that much attention to the opposition. Don't even pay too much attention to Pharaoh. Okay, so then we have the unbelieving children. Well, they don't want to listen to what Moses is saying. The children of Israel, they don't want to take heed to what Moses is speaking to them. So uh, in verse 9, Moses says, And Moses spoke this to the children of Israel. But they did not listen to Moses on account of anguish of spirit and harsh bondage. So what is our view of God's people. Well, in God's view, his people is so precious to them and he loves them. Dear brothers and sisters, I even I even 
uh, we had some uh, uh, student training last week and we were speaking about God's love. Um, and I was so touched to see that not only does God love uh, me personally, not only does he love the church, but he loves the world. The future of mankind, we have to realize, how does God view these people around us? How does he view the world? He gave himself up for the world. God, God loved the world. Those fallen, corrupted, usurped, stubborn, rebellious people who has been made Satan's world. God so loved them that he gave his only begotten son. And his, his view of them is that even though created man, and you know what, actually, Every single one of us are in the same position. We shouldn't look down on the children of Israel and say, ah, these unbelieving children of Israel, what terrible people. They are so wandering around in the wilderness, complaining about this, complaining about that, all these de negative things. Well, don't, don't be too quick. We ourselves, go read Ephesians 2. Go read those first few verses. You will see who you are. Who are we? Well, we were just being carried away, just like the rest of the world. We had, we, brothers and sisters, in, in chapter 5, in Ephesians, Paul says that we were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. Yes, we are the children of light. Yes, we are people of light. But we were once darkness. So when you see someone and you feel this person is in darkness, then remind yourself, Lord, you had mercy on me. I was once in darkness. Lord, this person's future is bright. He is created in your image. If he would receive you as his life, he could express you. And even this is a training for Moses. Moses, yes, you, you were called by God. You're going to save the children of Israel. You are so wonderful. You know what? That unbelieving children of Israel. It's you have to realize, look at yourself, just consider your own condition, your own situation. And this will cause Moses even to learn to depend, to not, not trust himself so much, but learn to depend upon God. Learn to not rely on what he has gained of the Lord. I've been appreciating uh, just how the Lord is also wanting to bring us on. Well, you've gained something of the Lord, but but you know what? Don't say that you've laid a hold of. You need to still go on. You need to go further. You need to. You shouldn't say that you've laid a hold of all of Christ that there is to lay a hold of. So I've no more Christ to pursue. Paul, at the end of his life, said, "Not that I've already obtained." Not that I'm already perfect, but one thing I do, I forget the things that are behind and I stretch myself forward. We need to have this view that even we ourselves are just the same as the children of Israel. And then the next point is Pharaoh's stubbornness, right? Pharaoh is never going to change. Don't consider that Satan will just be very happy to let us go. 
Pharaoh will not change. Do not consider that his heart will become less stubborn. Okay. He will be as stubborn. Satan will be as stubborn as ever. The only thing he will do is he will become more stubborn. Okay. Don't consider that he will become less stubborn as we are dealing with him and as, as we are we are engaging in this conflict with him to let God's people go. Okay. And then Moses eventually, after all God's assuring words to him, then he says to the Lord, uh, in verse 12. So in verse 9, he goes to the children of Israel. They don't listen to him. Then Jehovah speaks to Moses. Go speak to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to let the children of Israel go. Moses says to Jehovah, the children of Israel do not listen to me. How then will Pharaoh listen to me since I am of uncircumcised lips? Then God has this long speaking to him. Then what does he say in verse 30? But Moses said before Jehovah, Behold, I'm uncircumcised lips. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? Moses must have been so discouraged. God sends him to Pharaoh. He's expecting that Pharaoh is going to, while God is sending me, I'm going to, my, my words will carry so much authority that Pharaoh will probably just roll over and let all the children of Israel go immediately. And all the children of Israel they will take heed to my word. But what happens? Nothing, right? His words are just common. No power. Nothing. And Moses complains to the Lord. Lord, you want me to go speak to Pharaoh? Why haven't you changed my lips? I don't want to go in the first place. Then you tell me, no, 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 you need to go. Then I then I say, no, I don't want to go. I'm not, I'm not qualified. Then the then Lord, you tell me to go. Well, Lord, you didn't give me any power. You didn't change me. You never made me this, this amazing person. I'm still just the same. You see, Moses, after, after being called by the Lord, he had to learn still, don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in your own ability. Moses was probably going to Pharaoh thinking that it's up to him. If he had known, dear brothers and sisters, if we know God as the I am, the God of fulfillment, I forgot to mention this earlier. When Jesus came to the earth, in John chapter 8, again and again, he uh, John chapter 5, sorry, again and again, he addresses himself as the I am. So mysterious. Why does the Lord come and he says, I am? The reason why he presents himself as the I am is because he's not coming just to supply, but he's coming to fulfill. The Lord came to fulfill God's promises, God's covenant to man. So if we know this God, then we don't trust so much in our uncircumcised lips, in our ability. And eventually we realize as we are trained by the Lord that the outcome does not depend on whether I have this powerful speaking and everyone is listening to my words and there's some authority coming out of my being. But the outcome depends upon the fact that I was sent by God. I've been commissioned by him and he will do what he wants to do. He will do, he is the God of fulfillment. He is not just this kind of God who does things in a, in an empty way. He is the God of fulfillment. And we'll see this 
uh, uh, later on with God's hand. The brother mentioned this, the mighty hand of God. So this God, we need to know this God. And when we know this God, we'll realize, Lord, I'm still just an earthen vessel. Yes, I have a treasure inside of me. Dear brothers and sisters, yes, on the one hand, we were in the world. But you know what? On the other hand, we're nothing like the world. Because we have been begotten of God. We have a treasure. But don't think that makes you someone. You're still an earthen vessel. Yes, we have a treasure. Praise the Lord. But the excellency of the power is not out of us. This treasure remains earthen. It remains. It's not up to us. The glory will never go to Moses. The glory will never go to us. And somehow the Lord, those of us who are called, praise the Lord. I would say every one of us should have this experience of being called by the Lord. Those of us who has these experiences, we also need to have this experience that our uncircumcised lips will never change. God's not going to do anything about it. But he will still, he still is the I am. He still is the God of fulfillment. He is the one who will carry out what he has promised to do. He will fulfill his covenant. Moses, it's not up to you. It's not, it's not you. You are stalled, yes, but you, you're not even listening to my assuring words because you're just looking to your natural being. I, I, I come and I reassure you. I tell you that I am the God of fulfillment. I tell you of, of my calling and my uh my uh my commissioning of you but then moses i still have uncircumcised lips lord if you're not going to do something about these uncircumcised lips of mine if you're not going to make them powerful i'm not going back to Jeho to to pharaoh why would i go speak to pharaoh he's not going to listen to me i need some i need some power in my speaking no you're just an earthen vessel you have a treasure don't trust the earth and vessel. Trust the treasure. God wants to use, God wants to fill us with the treasure, dear saints. Hallelujah. Okay. And then the next thing that God tells him is he, 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 he we see some genealogy here from, uh, from verse 14 up to verse 27. Uh, and and this genealogy is not really like a record of genealogy. What is being pointed out here is that God has commissioned and called Moses and Aaron. It's not so much our uncircumcised or our ability or now we have this power, but have God commissioned you? When we go somewhere, we feel like, okay, Lord, I don't know what, what Paul's Paul's experience, what his feeling must have been. I, I'm an apostle. You know what an apostle means, right? It means to be a saint one. Right? So God has sent me. I'm not just here because I chose to come here and now I'm doing things because I feel like rising up, doing a work for God or something. That was what, what, what Paul was doing while he was still Saul, right? He just served under presumption. This is what God is doing. I'm going to wipe out all these Christians. This sect has to be wiped out. 
But when God called him, he had the assurance that I am an apostle, not through the will of man, not by my own standing, not because of who I am. So God, that's what he's doing in these verses. He's giving up all these names to show Moses. Then, then he goes in verse 26, it is this same and Moses to whom Jehovah said, bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their armies. So Jehovah is saying, listen, Moses, Aaron, I'm not doing this because you are powerful. It's not because you are someone. It's because I've called you. This genealogy is showing us that you are important to me. You're important to my fulfillment, the fulfillment of my purpose. Not because you are someone, but simply because I chose you. Dear saints, today the Lord wants to, we are in the age of fulfillment. We want to we want to be those who cooperate with the Lord for his final recovery, to recover what he, what he wants to recover among his people. We're not just here doing a common Christian work. We, we, we simply cannot do things according to our own feeling and according to our presumption. We are here because God has commissioned us. We have to, oh, may the Lord speak this to each one of us tonight. It is the same Aaron and Moses. It's this, these, these ones. It's not your uncircumcised lips. Forget about that, Moses. You'll never change. You're just the same. Okay, but I've commissioned you to carry out my covenant. You will bring these people out of Pharaoh. Okay, then the last point is that God's word is not empty. It is not vain because it's followed by his hand. He says, um, even in verse chapter 6, verse 1, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of a mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of a mighty hand, he will let them go. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and will multiply my sounds and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Maybe Moses, his response would be, Lord, what? You're hardening Pharaoh's heart. You want me to go speak to him again. He's just rejected me. He's just given the children of Israel more work to do. Now you're hardening his heart. Is this not, I don't want to go speak to him. Why would I want to go speak to him now? Just, just squash him. Just, just deal with him right away. Why do you harden his heart? Well, God wants not only Pharaoh, but also all the children of Israel to know, I am the God of fulfillment. I am Jehovah. I am not just the one who supplies your needs. I'm not just El Shaddai. I am the God who will do and who will fulfill my covenant that I made with you. That covenant that I made with you, I will fulfill that. And you will know this, not only by my words, but by my mighty hand. My hand will follow my word, showing that my words are not empty. It's not vain. Uh, but Pharaoh will not listen to you. And I will lay my hand upon Egypt and will bring forth my armies, my children, uh, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. And the Egyptians will know that I am Jehovah. Even the Egyptians will know this is the God of fulfillment. 
This is the God who said, let my people go. I'm going to bring them into the good land. Uh, when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel among them. Okay, so the Egyptians, sorry, verse 5. The Egyptians will know that I'm Jehovah and I will stretch my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel among them. Amen. Oh, dear saints, praise the Lord for this further training. I feel this is something that that all of us need. It's good that we have this calling and this training, but then the Lord wants to give us the experience. May we enter into the experience of who this God is and of what he's doing for his people. Amen. Okay, saints, so I'm going to stop sharing now. Uh, there's still some time left. be wonderful to hear something further from, from you. If you've already shared something, you're welcome to share something again. Uh, if you um, maybe maybe you have shared, but you'd like to share something else. Uh, but it would be wonderful to hear from you. Um, something of 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 just this wonderful word. And maybe uh, I can just. Before, uh, so maybe some of you have to go or uh, you have some just sharing in, in your homes or something. But I would just like to mention that I'm not sure. I'll just uh, We'll just have more communication with you about next week because I know that many saints are going to Taiwan next week and the following Thursday. There will be a, a conference in Taiwan and I believe there will be quite a good number of saints going from um southern africa also so uh we'll just communicate with you uh, uh if we're going to have continue our bible study next week but amen it'd be wonderful to hear from you amen i, I can also share i just uh enjoyed the fact that uh, god gave promises through abram and then he gave uh, a, made a covenant, and then he also gave a token. So in the Old Testament, uh, there was the promise, the covenant he made, and then the token was in those days circumcision. So for us today, the promise is the word, and the covenant is uh, actually Christ is our covenant, his death on the cross. Uh, he made a covenant with us and then I, I experienced that the token uh, that we use today is the bread and the wine so uh, in, in our case this Jehovah uh, the name Jehovah was fulfilled through Jesus because Jesus came to fulfill all the promises and uh, he, is the, he is the covenant so uh, he's Jehovah that saves and he saves us actually from, from everything so the fulfillment of all of this is uh, Jesus Christ so I enjoy this uh, the, the meaning and the purpose of Jehovah very much we know that in the Old Testament they, they knew Jehovah because there was uh, Jehovah Jireh Jehovah Nisi Jehovah uh, uh, Rafa and all those names they knew of God, but in this case, uh, they came to the understanding. 
that he is fulfilling his word. I think for us, or for me, that is uh, encouraging to know that uh, the, the word is like seed and we plant the seed. The more we take in the word, the more the seed is planted in us. But God promised he, that he will fulfill the word. In other words, it will grow. So that is God's part to make it grow in us and then it will bear fruit. So uh, I enjoyed this part very much. Amen. Amen. The saints, maybe, I don't know if there's someone else that would like to still share something. Be good to hear from more of you. Uh, amen. I would also like to share just uh, what I see in this is uh, that the Pharaoh is actually the self and the soul. And we are captives. Uh, the, the spirit is actually uh, captive of, of, the, of the soul and the spirit uh, and the flesh. So God has to use every effort or uses, he makes every effort to free us from ourselves, to set us free. And we can see how stubborn the flesh is and the soul. The soul is warning against the spirit. And uh, yes, it's a, it's a process to let go. And eventually it's in death. Uh, when he, when, when uh, the Israelites were let go. So it's only when you die to self mm. that you can move over uh, and start living a, a life in the spirit. So I also think that there's, a, there's that line of thought as well, that Pharaoh is actually ourselves and we are we are in 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 a struggle with with the, with the inner uh, sinful old man nature amen yes i think luther he was the one who said well there is yes there is the pope but you know what there's a far greater pope inside of me and amen the lord is even just showing moses through all these things all the things that, yes, the children of Israel, yes, Pharaoh, but also these things are not apart from us. Amen. Uh, just uh, this little sharing to say it, it, it was still beautiful to uh, for us to be reminded that we need God's appearing. Uh, mm. Every time he needs to appear to us because that appearing strengthens our faith, it reassures us, and it keeps us go, uh, going on. Yeah, you can see how God is reassuring Moses through his speaking. So when he appears all the time, he will be speaking to us. He will reassure us uh, uh, on this way. He will strengthen our faith. And I was also, um, I also love to see the, to hear this words again. He is the I am, the God of fulfillment. So even that the Lord came to fulfill what God promised to men. Amen. 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 Saints, uh, so in verse one, of Exodus 6, Jehovah says to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. 
for because of a mighty hand, he will let them go. <clears throat> All right. So Jehovah acknowledges that Pharaoh won't let, won't let the children of Israel go in a simple way. Right. <clears throat> he will only let them go because of a mighty hand. And uh, the brother pointed out, in fact, later, on the, <clears throat> later in the scriptures, we realize that uh, God is watching over his word to perform it, right? Which means his hand follows his word. <clears throat> and so here he's pointing out that a mighty hand, <clears throat> because of a mighty hand, Pharaoh will let them go, which means he just needs his speaking to be, uh, he needs his word <clears throat> to be spoken for his mm -hmm. hands to follow. And so Moses <clears throat> was a bit distracted by, you know, of course, all the circumstances. Pharaoh was being stubborn. The children of Israel, they didn't want to hear the word of Jehovah because of that situation. He himself is not confident in how he speaks. And all these, uh, <clears throat> all these elements were actually a blocker to what the Lord really needed, which is just someone mm. to speak for him. Yes. Um, the rest, he as the, as the I am, the one who fulfills, he would take care of. All he needed was for man to cooperate and speak for him. And mm. So I appreciate that, you know, this is, this is really in essence what the Lord needs of us, right? <clears throat> is that we would speak his word irrespective of the situation, of the environment, and as long as we are faithful to speak his word, then he is also able to accomplish his word through our speaking. So, yeah, I appreciate that this is really a further training of Moses. <clears throat> that things will, will become difficult, but he would learn to trust in Jehovah as the one who fulfills his word. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, saints. We have we have this God who will fulfill this word. Hallelujah. Okay, maybe we should end there. Praise to all Amen. of you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.